Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. A survivor podcast about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. Join me as we heal together, raise awareness, and inspire everyone to survive, thrive, and conquer their past. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to Surviving My Podcast. My name is Matt. I am super stoked that you're back here for another episode. Thank you so much for joining. If you're a first-time listener, a special greeting to you. I'm so glad you found me. And hopefully you will find these podcasts validating, encouraging, and inspiring. And if you are a returning listener, thanks to you as well. I appreciate your support, the encouragement, the notes, the comments. Everything is amazing. You guys are awesome. And I appreciate you guys joining me here for every show and interacting and taking this journey wherever it takes us together. So I've got a special guest here, somebody who's been uh, on the show with me several times, Kelly, the survivor coach, a super awesome life coach and survivor. And we're going to join her here in just a second. And we're going to talk about, among other things, how she copes with dealing with her meds and how she's actually working to get off of those meds right now. So hopefully she'll give us some good information and some things that we can all use as takeaways for all of us that use medication to help cope with various mental health um, issues. So with that, let's jump right into it. Kelly, what is happening, girl? How are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, Just moved and really excited about that. Finally getting all settled in. You know, all the uh, hard work is over. So that's always nice. And uh, actually, I'm kind of in a little bit of shock because I've lived in the city all my life and probably three years out of my entire life, I've lived in the country. And so I'm back to that kind of living and it's crazy because I absolutely hate uh, the drive, but I love it once I'm home. It's so peaceful. And so trying to adjust there, but, um, you know, I can't just run down the street to a Walmart anymore. But we'll see. It's, I think it's good for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've I've always lived like somewhere, not in the city, but kind of on the outskirts and of, of where I live. So I know how, how convenient it is to run down to a Walmart or, you know, your local fast food store or whatever and get something to eat or pick up some milk. And when you don't have that, it can be a bit of a culture shock. But I think living in the country, which is something that I want to do one day, uh, the, I mean, the benefits of just your own mental health and your own peace of mind and peace and quiet has to be amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I always have the door open and hear the birds and the train go by and things like that. And people say, how do you how do you sleep through that train? Which is funny because I never even notice it that it's gone by unless somebody says something about it. So I think you just get used to that. And I think, like what you said, when you deal with any kind of mental health issue, it's just so nice to have anything outside of yourself that's peaceful or brings you any kind of peace. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are so right. Before we jump into the topic, for those who maybe have not heard one of the podcasts that we have done before or aren't familiar with who you are and what you are about, um, feel free to take uh, you know as much time as you want and explain basically who you are, what you're about, what you do, and um, how you're helping survivors. Um, well, I'm a survivor coach, and you can find me at thesurvivorcoach.com. And 
uh, all my social media links are on that on my site. And basically, I've been a life coach for a really long time, and I have suffered through quite uh, my fair share of tragedies, which you can find my story also on my site, and got to a point where I had uh, survived an attempted suicide attempt, uh, I mean, attempted suicide, and after that, you know, after the destruction that it caused my family, my kids, and all that, that was not an option for me, and so when I had fallen really deep into a deep dark depression one time I realized that I had was great at uh, coaching other people through anything and could do that so well with great success but was unable to coach myself and I realized that I had to get my act together I had terrible experiences with counselors and therapists pastors things like that so I had no choice but to figure out a way to not live my life wanting to kill myself every day. So I created a program and different things that worked for me. And a lot of those things work for other people. But my favorite thing is to help every individual find what works for them. Because I believe fully 100% that all of us know 100% what's right for us. But sometimes we spend all our lives seeking external guidance. And we seek uh, the approval of others. Or what does everybody else think? But they don't know. Only we know what's best for us. And so that's basically what I do in a nutshell is help each person find that for themselves. Excellent. Yeah. And that that is so important because you're right. Um, recovery from any any type of abuse as a survivor, nothing is cookie cutter. Nothing works. Everybody you know, works for everybody the same way. So it's important to, as you mentioned, and as you're helping your clients with to find out the strategies and skills that work for them and build on that. So that's amazing. And um, I love your work. And I'm sure all, all of your clients are uh, just so grateful for the program that you put together. I want to jump into the topic that you and I had talked about discussing today because it's something that obviously we both have struggled with to varying degrees and something that countless other survivors and people who even aren't survivors can relate to. And that is the use of medications to help us deal with daily life, not so much from a physical illness standpoint, but from an emotional or mental illness standpoint, trauma recovery, that type of thing. Um, I know myself. I've been on fluoxetine, which is obviously a generic form of Prozac for, I'm going to say probably almost a year now. And while I did notice a difference shortly after I started it, and it has helped, it's not something that, that I want to use forever. So I've been keeping in contact with my medical doctor and we've been you know, starting to kind of go down on, on the dosage a little bit, but you have to be very careful whenever you're dealing with medications. And of course, always work with a professional. But in your case, why don't you talk a little bit about, if you like, the meds that, that you were on, the reasons you've been taking them, and up until this point, why it's been such a struggle to try and get off them? Well, whenever I, I tried to take my life, I would say, I already said how I had really bad experiences with counselors and therapists but in the hospital I had a psychiatrist and he was really awesome as far as I mean basically my time in the hospital was spent trial and error on drugs so you know I took something I forgot what it's called now uh, shoot I can't remember the name but anyway it's a given to vets with PTSD mainly and I started taking that stuff and literally could not remember anything I could be talking to you right now and not even remember what we're talking about. So I was constantly asking people, what was I saying? What we're talking about? And that kind of thing happened a lot. So that was just, like I said, trial and error until I found Wellbutrin. 
So that they put me on that along with Prozac together because it's a mood stabilizer. And it was, I swear, a miracle drug. For me personally, it was just awesome because even though I woke up and I had survived my attempt, I still wanted to die. I didn't want to, I didn't wake up thinking, oh, great, I'm so happy I lived. I was pissed. And so every day I struggled with living in this body that I, and on this earth that I didn't want to be a part of. So when I got that medication, I mean, literally, I never had a suicidal thought. I don't know what it does, but it completely took that away. And so I, that's why I said I think of it as a miracle drug. But I, like you and probably millions of other people, did not want to spend the rest of my life having to take medication. So I don't know if you're this way, but I think a lot of us are this way where you feel so much better and you've been feeling better for several months and you're like, well, I don't need this anymore. I'm fine. So I quit taking it. Well, it took about two months, two to three months to, I guess, really get out of my system and be back to normal. Well, I didn't realize what was going on. So the first attempt to stop, two months into it, I started feeling depressed and, you know, starting wanting to cry all the time and all that, not putting two and two together. And about the third month in, I literally couldn't even go out in public with that. I could not hide my emotions. I bawled all the time, completely out of character for me. And so I got back on him. I mean, I, pretty quickly, I got back on him. So then I tried two more times with the exact same effects, not as severe as the first time. But the third time around, that was when I realized I've got to find a way to cope, whether I'm on medication or not on medication. Because, you know, I don't have insurance. So if there came a time where I couldn't afford my medication, I was going to be in bad trouble. So I had to figure out some way to get off of them. That was in my mind what I had to do. So actually, that's when I created the Survivor Coach program. From the last time that I got off of it, I created the program, helped myself. And since I was so much better, then I thought to myself, okay, let's try this one more time. Applying all the things that I've taught myself in my own program, all the things that I do for myself to get myself out of these depressed modes and see if it works. And for once, it's finally worked. Wow, that's pretty incredible. Um, <clears throat> so... You actually, um, you know, kind of put together your, your your survivor coach program using all of the all, all the strategies that you had developed over time while trying to get off of the meds in the first place, right? Yes. Wow, that's that's actually pretty amazing. Um, when you were talking about, uh, you know, the different types of meds and all all the doses and everything you tried, I know when I was first put on mine, I felt an immediate change in the frequency of, of the flashbacks that I was having. Like when I first, or excuse me, before I went on the meds, I was having flashbacks like five times a week, seriously. And so I went on these meds and, and within a week they had been cut in half. And within a month they were, you know, barely existent anymore, but I still felt depressed and I still felt sad and I had all these emotions, but they weren't coming so much in flashbacks, like out of the blue. It was just a constant remembering of everything all the time. So and in, in a sense, it did some good, but then in an, another sense, it didn't quite do what I thought it would. So we had to play with doses and whatnot. And um, it's just interesting how, you know, when you work with a professional and something and you try this medicine or that medicine and this dose and that dose, it takes a while to get in your system. But even when it does, at times it can help you in one way, but it can almost hinder you in another way, right? Oh, I totally believe that. When I first started on Wellbutrin, 
I've always taken a really high dose of it and the Prozac together. But when I started on that, even though, yeah, I was so, I, I was just shocked that something could make my brain not think a suicidal thought. It was so crazy to me, but wonderful, right? But what happened is the kids were like, uh, I don't know, 15, 17, around there. And they did something in the car on our way home one night. And I, I popped off and said it was a smart ass to my youngest one. And it hurt her feelings. And so literally, I could care. I could not care less. I mean, we went upstairs. She's bawling in front of me. And I'm looking at her. And in my mind, I'm thinking, something's not right. I mean, <laughs> I should at least be feeling bad or mean it when I apologize, but I literally did not give a shit. And I realized in that moment that I was completely apathetic. So that medicine at first, for whatever reason, it caused me to be like that, but it helped me because I didn't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And apathetic is a great word because um, I think over time I became kind of apathetic as well in many ways. Like I've always, I don't know if the words prided myself or, or whatnot, but I've always been this type of person who's very caring. That's kind of been my MO for as long as I can remember. And I know that being on this medicine, playing with the doses and whatnot, and I can feel, I can remember saying to myself, this is not who you are. Like you're not this apathetic kind of, uh, almost mean person, so to speak. I mean, I do have a sarcastic side and I'm actually kind of proud of that because it's funny, but I mean, I've never been sarcastic in a mean, hurtful, like nasty invalidating way, but I yep. found myself getting to that point because I, I just didn't care because I was so wrapped up. And in my case, I was so wrapped up in myself and my own issues and my own recovery and my own problems that everybody else's for a long time just didn't really seem to matter. I mean, it's sad to say, but you know, like I said, it helped with the flashbacks, but it also affected me negatively in other ways. And I mean, people noticed it. They sure did. Yeah. I mean, that's just like what you said. I mean, there's good and then there's also bad. But I think that's with any medication, because whatever you take is it may help your problem that you're going to the doctor for. <clears throat> but it's going to also cause problems, new problems. So it's, it's a tricky situation. So do you find that a lot of your clients also take uh, meds that you took or or any at all to go through their recovery as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I fully believe that, and I meant to start out this whole conversation by saying, I'm not saying that I think nobody should take drugs because I totally know I would not be here today had I not been on Wellbutrin. I, I believe that with all my heart. So I know that you have to. Some people have to, and I know it's scary. It's scary to come off your medication. But to, for me personally, this is just me is I had to do this to prove to myself that my program worked for me. Because if I didn't try it and I just said, you know, oh, this works great, and I didn't attempt to do it myself, I wouldn't really have much credibility. So to me, it's been a trial and error thing. And this this go-round, uh, a couple of things that I've done that has been really interesting, I'll share with you. You know, people that are depressed, I think a lot of us struggle with weight issues. It can be just a vicious struggle with the 10 pounds you want to lose that you can't, or it could be major obesity, all because you're depressed, you eat, you know, all the things that we do to ourselves when we're depressed. Well, I put on about 25 pounds uh, in the last six months, and I've been trying the last month or so to really make a difference. So, you know, one thing I've 
been reading a book and I've been trying to learn different things about this whole issue. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard it before. They say, don't scarf your food, you know, sit down, take, chew your food up, enjoy the, the food and all of that. Well, I am a go, go, go type person. You're rarely going to see me sitting down. So I do the same thing when I eat and I have for years and basically totally inhale my food. So the other day I was eating something I had made and it was so good. And I thought that thought crossed my mind and I thought, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm sitting down. I'm not in a hurry. I might as well just enjoy my food, make it last, you know, just do what I keep reading about. So as I'm doing this and enjoying my food, I thought, this is my answer to coming off medication. And that is, I have to decide for myself to chew on my thoughts, my events in my life, and my experiences. Because so many times, what we do is we find out something bad or something negative or something that's going to send us uh, into a tailspin. And instead of chewing on it and contemplating what's going on and thinking about what is really happening we just go into that depressed mode and immediate fear and all that sets in and next thing you know we're on a downward spiral that we can't get ourselves out of so for instance I charge quite a bit of money for uh, my coaching services so if I have a new client that's a great relief in my finances if I have somebody, let's say I have four or five people and they're all ending my program at the same time, well, that's a big financial hit. Well, recently I had two new people. One of them, uh, just my program is hard. It's not for everybody. So she couldn't handle that part of it. So she, she didn't stay around. So that was a big chunk that I lost. The very next day, another client of mine, I realized that, that March is her last month. And so I thought, man, that's a big chunk. And I just moved and, you know, well, crap, what am I going to do? And so I literally stopped in my tracks and thought, let me, let me chew on this. Let me think about this situation. How is there any way that I can see some different perspective? And so I thought to myself, well, I've been, I've been so busy. I've been wanting a day off. This is going to give me a day off a week. And who knows what's right around the corner? I mean, I have this. Uh, talk with you today. I'm going to be on LA Talk Radio tomorrow. I have so many other things going on in my life that there's no telling what could happen for me. And immediately all the fear was gone. But in hindsight, normally my normal self would have been in complete freak out mode. So that's just some food for thought. That's interesting. Um, like I was writing a couple of notes down when you were talking. The And you're, you're so right about... Um, about sitting with your feelings and kind of chewing on them. And actually while, while you were talking about the food you were eating the other day, like I, I made a roast last night that was like to die for. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, this is like the best shit ever. Like it was so good. So I actually did enjoy the roast that I made. Cause I, I don't cook, you know, all that often at home, although I can cook, but I, I was kind of laughing to myself when you were talking about really like enjoying this food because I thought, man, that roast I had was really good. Like I'm going to have to have some later, but um, <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> But, but but it's so interesting because you were talking about sitting with your feelings and that's something that I know I have learned through my own education and through my own journey and obviously working with um, professionals. When you can sit down with your feelings, analyze them, almost look at them from like a high level point of view, like I like to say, almost look at yourself from the outside and say, okay, well, this scenario just happened. 
I could sit here and figure out every way that it's going to be a detriment, every way that I'm going to worry about it, everything that could go wrong, or I'm going to try and look at it from a different perspective and ease my anxiety. I was thinking to myself some ways that I've been trying to put that in motion in my own life lately. So very uh, apropos, for lack, for lack of a better term. See, there's me trying to use a big word. I shouldn't use big words. I should just use regular mat words, but it kind of popped into my head. It really hit home when you were talking about sitting with your feelings and you know your emotions and trying to gain a different perspective that really can change your mindset yeah you know i think i i think a lot of us but me especially i spent uh, many many years living in resistance to things so many things would i would just uh, if something happened i would immediately try to fix it at all costs and then over the years i realized the outcome i myself screwed up it was my fault i shouldn't ha i should have just stepped back and let life happen, which is so hard when you have experience of being a chronic warrior or seeing the worst side of situations and things like that. It's a hard, hard habit to break. But I think it's because, I think we've talked about this before, about being that kind of person, but it's hard because you, what do you replace that with? I mean, all you know is the worst happening and it happens so often and there's, it's valid, you know, what, what you're worrying about and being concerned about the worst happening has happened, so it's hard to think anything else. But I, I swear, I mean, once you give it a try, for instance, if you know, say you're gonna go buy a car and you want that car so bad and something happens, you don't get it. But then the next month, you end up finding out you're getting back twice as much income tax as you thought. And now you can afford a better car and you found a better deal. And had you got that other car, thinking that you had to do this because the worst was gonna happen, then you would have been in a worse situation. Does that make any sense? Yeah, actually it does. It makes a great deal of sense. And I'm kind of in that place right now where I'm deciding on a career change and some further education to be a coach myself. And I've been trying to play around with ideas of, well, there's this school and that school and this train of thought and that person recommends this. And, you know, do I do I pull the trigger and go over here? But if I wait a little bit, will, will, will an opportunity open up over there? So it's a bit of a juggling act at times. But what you're saying, I absolutely agree with when when you can stop worrying and stop analyzing in a negative way and start thinking of things from a different point of view and almost in a more positive way, you can gain some perspective, some relief, and, and just a lot less anxiety in your life. Um, I guess if you were on the medications now or maybe the same doses that, that you were before, do you think you, you would have been able to have the same type of perspective at all, like ever? Um, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I think that um, the deal is, like you said, you, you know, you, when you realize that that medicine's making you apathetic, let's say, and you realize these things are happening, you have to make a conscious effort to not be that way. So that's how I handled being on meds, you know, so I could not want to kill myself all the time and still be a normal person to other people. Because like you said, people can tell. I mean, they it's obvious when it, they you come off as they don't know you, you can come off as a really mean, heartless person, but really it's just the meds keeping you alive. And so for me, this time when I came off the medicine, uh, you have to be super self-aware. So I, <laughs> I ended up, after I stopped taking it, let's say six weeks afterwards, and honestly, Matt, I had a very short fuse, 
and was just real bitchy. And I didn't realize what was going on until it was like three weeks, three weeks of this. And I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, every driver on the road was getting on my nerves. My girlfriend was getting on my nerves. My kids, everything that happened was bothering me. I was just irritated all the time. And I then when I sat down with my feelings and analyzed what was going on, and I realized this this is the mood stabilizer. This, my belief is that Prozac helps all that. So you're not like on edge and things like that. So I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? I mean, because I don't want to just be a bitch, right? <laughs> I mean, I got to figure out <laughs> what am I going to do about this because I don't want to be this way and I can't live every day like this. So I just went reverted back to how am I going to, how do I go every day and not try and try to not think about suicide? Well, I have many things that I do to keep me from doing that and to keep my mindset right. So there's got to be, again, something I can come up with to not be that way. So the biggest help is, and I think this is true for anything, is once you shed light on it, once I was aware and the light bulb went off, okay, it's not me, this is the medicine, I'm going to have to make some adjustments. So I just caught myself and after you know a week or so of doing that and realizing if I got irritated, Okay, there's not really no reason to be irritated. Uh, for instance, I'm all drive, new drive home. Traffic can be a nightmare at certain times. And I was really irritated, but I was going to have to now sit in this traffic every day and how frustrating that was going to be. And I, by the time I got home, I'd be wore out and all of that. And I thought, okay, wait, maybe there's some other way. Instead of getting all upset about it and thinking, what have I done? I ended up finding a new way just, in, I mean, by complete accident. And it's back roads down these old country roads. There's no traffic. It's so beautiful. And now I enjoy my rides. So I just think it really it comes down to being self-aware, realizing what's going on, and then just coming up with a different perspective and trying it. Even if it fails, we'll just try something new until something works. Isn't it amazing when you have something like that happen where you're – you find yourself maybe reverting back to an old mindset or, or an old attitude of, well, this is going to suck. That's going to be terrible. You know, I'm going to be exhausted. This will never work. How am I going to do this? But the second that you kind of catch yourself and, and, and look at it from a different point of view and find an alternative route or an alternative mindset or something presents itself out of the blue when you weren't expecting it. I mean, is that not like a total revelation of just, absolute validation that you are doing everything I guess right so to speak in that you are you're doing everything right in that you're doing right by yourself and you're putting forth the effort to um, give yourself a break and look at life from from a from a different point of view than than the negativity that we were used to maybe looking at ourselves from for sure and I, I really do believe that you know the more that you do that even if you have to take little baby steps the more you do something like that and the outcome turns out favorable and then you do it again and then again. It just seems to happen more often, which makes me really think that, you know, it's so simple. When you're not depressed, it's really simple. I mean, we can sit here and talk about this all day long and how awesome this is to discover. But I do understand, and I know you do too, that when you're in a depressed mode, you don't, you're not going to hear that. So that's why it's important when you aren't in that mode and you're, you're like we are right now in a positive mindset things are going good, you know, you have a lot to draw on to make note of those things and really pay attention to what this felt like. Because then whenever you are down or you're having a bad day, 
then you can remember if I felt like that before I can feel like that again and then you just start doing doing what we're doing hey what was it what did I do that made me come out of that time and it may be hey you know I remember that time I just decided I'm not gonna be stressed out about the traffic I found a different way and now I love my drive home hey that worked and next thing you know you're pulling your own self out of it which is the number one key I think for anybody's survival I love it. I love it. That is absolutely amazing. And you're right. The I think one good thing that we can do, you know, as you said, every time we're having a good day or, you know, something good happens or, you know, we're just not feeling depressed, um, you know, which in and of itself is a win uh, oftentimes to write that stuff down, put it on a post-it note, put it on your phone, journal about it. And that way you can go back and search through your notes or, you know, your phone or whatever. So when that feeling creeps up again, you have something to fall back on because there's just no substitute for experience. Like I absolutely love that because, you know, it doesn't mean that we're not going to struggle ever again, but when you go through something and you come out the other side smiling, so to speak, um, it just gives you confidence that you can handle the next situation. I, I love it. That's something I'm, I'm trying to embrace with journaling. Uh, and, and I try to refer to those as I'm re as I'm reinforcing a positive mindset every time a negative mindset creeps in, because we're still going to struggle. I think as humans, no matter how much we think we have it together or no matter how much we're trying to do right by ourselves, uh, you know, there's still going to be trials. There's still going to be times when we're going to have a bad day or, you know, uh, depression is going to take over or some old mindset's going to creep back in. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to have something to fall back on so we don't end up falling back into what, what we were before. So I love what you're saying about just taking every, every step, every possible good situation and using it to your advantage in the future. Definitely. Definitely. I'll finish up with, with one or two more. So you've been, you've been changing your mindset. You've been analyzing things, looking at it from, from a more positive perspective, how much do you find yourself still struggling with old habits, old negativity, old woe is me or, oh, this is going to suck kind of attitudes? Like, does it hit you all the time now? Is it few and far between? Is it kind of somewhere in the middle? I, I honestly, I would say that it's best the best it's been ever in my whole life. I mean, it's just uh, and I know it's been a process uh, since, um, you know, basically since I uh, survived my attempt, it's been a work, a lot of work, a journey that I've been on. And I think that this, uh, I think it's been four months now, three, four months that I've quit taking all meds has been the most successful time for me. And I, I really do believe it's because I've put into practice all the things that I have uh, created for myself. And, you know, when it first happened, uh, it was about, oh, six weeks into it when I started realizing I was on edge and very short-tempered and all that when I was, you know, realizing the first signs of any symptoms of being off my meds. And one day, it was on a Monday, and, you know, I used to do the Manic Mondays because I hate Mondays. And I got up, and I was just really down. And I thought, I was scared. You know, I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I, this is exactly what it feels like. And I hope it does. this isn't the first day of many long days and I'm going to have to be back on my meds. And that was my mindset. And so I thought, okay, if I was talking to somebody right now and they were to say, if this was one of your clients, you know, what would you tell them to do as a survivor coach? I thought, well, I would pull out my list of personal things that I do. And the first thing that dawned on me was I love funny videos. And I remember doing an interview once and the, a lady commented and said, 
well, if it was, if it was the, just that easy, then the suicide rates wouldn't keep going up. And I said, well, it might be true, but it saved my life. That's one. So I'm not going to give up and quit because it's not the number she thought should would be appropriate. So I got on Facebook and I said, you know, I haven't had a bad Monday in a long time, but I am today. So one of the, my favorite things to do is watch videos of puppies and babies. So if you have the time, would you mind posting your favorite video? Matt, I could not believe the amount of people that posted the most hysterical videos I've ever seen. By the end of the day, I mean, there was nothing negative in my whole brain. It was so funny that the next day people were still, can I post more? Because it got everybody else excited. So I just think it's, you know, you have your bag of tricks and you're going to have to have that bag for the rest of your life. Sometimes you may not use it for months and sometimes you may use a whole damn bag just to get through the day. But the point is you're getting through it and you're doing it. Isn't that just like so, so freaking amazing? Like, you know, you're having a rough day. You haven't had one in a while. Call out to your support system and people just come in droves, coming to your rescue, so to speak. And while they're coming to your rescue, they're coming to their own rescue. They're coming to everybody else's rescue. And suddenly your uh, request for, you know, some encouragement probably reached dozens, hundreds, who knows how many people who might have seen one of the videos or one of the pictures or something. And it's just that's that's so incredible. It speaks to to the people that you surround yourself with. It speaks to just the human the human nature in general of people who just want to feel good, who want to help other people. And you're right, uh, you know, to, to the person that mentioned, well, you know, if it was that easy, nobody would be having, you know, a, a suicide attempt or whatever. That kind of stuff drives me nuts because, you know, obviously what works for you might not work for me and vice versa. But just because, you know, it works for me and not you doesn't mean that it's a bad thing or that it's or that it's worthless or that it's just, um, you know, something that's invalid. I mean, I, it's so important that you're right. You have your own bag of tricks. And I can tell you, I've gone through my own bag of tricks. I've burned through the whole bag before, like the day was halfway over because not every trick works exactly the way you want it every single time and that that's a whole topic that i think maybe we can um you know discuss on our next one because we could talk forever on that on the different bags of tricks and how you utilize them and what works and what doesn't i just i love that topic so props to you for reaching out for help yeah and you know even at the end you know the next day when i saw what a success that was for me i posted and said you know because some people that don't even deal with depression may not have realized what had happened but I, like you, recognize that how big it was. And I said, you know, thank you so much for participating in this because it got everybody else going, people that didn't even know each other. And then my friends who do, do deal with depression, several people made comments and said, hey, thanks for doing this because that made me feel better. So you have no idea, just something as silly as posting a funny video, the impact that it could really make. It's as small as when you're in the store and you just smile at someone. I've been really doing that more consciously recently. And it's, it's such an interesting uh, experience because sometimes you'll smile at someone and just their smile back, you can see the surprise in their eyes that you would even smile at them. And you never ever know what that's really doing for them and you. Living here where I am in Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvanians tend to be kind of snooty kind of, you know, or either that or else we're just so wrapped up in ourselves that we don't really notice what's around us. But I can tell you when somebody smiles at me, I always smile back. Obviously, uh, I've been doing what you're doing lately well with 
trying to engage someone, you know, with a smile or help them pick something up if they drop it in the store or whatever the case is, just to kind of brighten their day. And I know how good it makes me feel when a stranger just smiles at me. And, uh, you know, you have to think that it's going to make somebody else feel good. And maybe they needed that. That's so awesome. Kelly, you rock. You are an amazing uh, inspiration and encouragement. Why don't we finish up and you can tell everybody where to find you um, and learn more about your program and all that good stuff. So the survivorcoach.com, you can read my story, which is what I recommend just so, uh, you know, I don't fit with everybody and my program's not for everybody. So I like for people to read my story so they see how we connect and you can contact me at the survivorcoach at gmail.com and pretty much all social media is the survivor coach and I would love to hear from anybody. So I can help you and email you anyway. You don't have to necessarily join my program to reach out to me. I love your insight, Kelly. It's just, it's about being real it's about sharing and being vulnerable and just working through your trials, um, you know, of your past one step at a time. So this has been awesome. I cannot wait to do it again. Thank you so much, Kelly. And I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks again for listening to surviving my podcast presented by surviving my past.net, a blog about living with dissociation, anxiety, and PTSD and in support of all who have survived the trauma of abuse. This podcast or any resources on or sponsored by survivingmypast.net should not be considered as therapy or professional mental or medical help. Should you find yourself in crisis or in need of professional help, please seek the assistance of a licensed therapist, coach, or other mental health or physical health professional. I would also encourage you to reach out to online resources such as oneand6.org. Be sure and check out other episodes of the show, which you can subscribe to on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Acast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, just contact me anytime, matt at survivingmypast.net. Thanks again, and remember, you rock.